Welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown Podcast. We're your hosts, Michaela and Kate. It is a spooktacular episode, and we welcome you. It's the week um, kind of of the actual Halloween-ish period here. Today that we're recording is actually Halloween, and we wanted to just, you know, do a special episode filled with some spooky moments and stories and just kind of have some fun, right? Yeah, this is going to be a really fun episode. I'm really looking forward to the stories we're going to dive into, the experiences we're going to get to listen into. And, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first stories that I ever heard from a Seattle sports athlete yeah. that really you know, was a little bit spooky and everybody had to discuss was Brandon Tanev's photo Mm -hmm. for when he was playing for the Penguins. Yeah. And if, if you haven't seen the photo, Mm -hmm. his face looks like he just saw something. He looks, he looks scared. Terrifying. Yeah. His eyes are big. He looks really scared. And people were like, what did he see a ghost or something? And then he responded and said, I did actually see a ghost. It was walking behind the gentleman taking our pictures. Kind of caught me caught me off guard. I haven't seen one of those things yet, so it was pretty rare to see that. And that's obviously why I had that facial expression. So now it's like a thing that at every Kraken game they'll have the Brandon Tanev photo up on the on the twins up there, mm-hmm. and they'll pan the camera around to have tried to people to like match that facial expression. Oh yeah, it mm-hmm. is hilarious. It's. It's pretty good. And he's taken his other photos seem to like kind of look a little bit like that as well. Maybe not as scared, but um, so Michaela, do you have any ghost stories? You know, there is one ghost story mm-hmm. that it isn't mine, but it is a ghost story of our family. Okay. And my sister and my mom had gone down to their friend's house in McMinnville, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And They both had this weird experience where they saw like this, just the dark, misty Mm -hmm, vibe mm -hmm. up in the corner of the ceiling. And when my sister comes home from that trip, she finds like a school photo, like an old school photo of some random little girl, like with pigtails. Okay. In her Adidas duffel bag. It was just sitting in there. Weird. No, Nothing on the back of it. Nothing identifying who it was or when the photo was taken. Was we it like no- a black and white photo or something? Like it was like an old photo? It was an old photo. I don't remember if it was black, black and white or not. Mm-hmm. But either way, it was like some creepy vibes. Nobody knows where that photo came from. Their friends don't know. They've never seen the photo in their life. It wasn't somebody that they were related to. Weird. It just ended up in my sister's duffel bag. So we actually ended up putting it on the fridge for a very long time. That yeah. photo, we don't know who it was. We called her Bonnet because mm-hmm. it has like a Bonnet vibes. It like you know, like that kind of back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now then, anytime anything weird happened in the house, yeah, like the lights in in the house that we used to live in, they would turn on and off, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, it's probably electrical shortage or something. But we would refer to that as Bonnet. Oh, yeah. We would be like, hey, Bonnet. Bonnet's here. How's it going, Bonnet? And the funny thing is, 
me telling the story now is literally right before we started recording this episode, mm -hmm. the lights in the house are starting to flicker. They were. And I I, I go, I go, why are the lights flickering on Halloween? Like this is (laughs) again to make it extra like spooky. You know, do you have any spooky stories? Well, I don't. The, the only thing I can kind of think like ghosty, which I don't know if it really counts, but in junior high, I took like photo and junior high for yeah. me, it was like eighth and ninth grade. So both those years I took photo and our photo teacher was like this really awesome guy. And it was when you could actually like do field trips and stuff. Cause I'm pretty old at this point. And, um, so, so we did an overnight like field trip to um like shanico oregon and a couple like places in eastern oregon that were like ghost towns and so um so we got to go and like take photos and stuff and like all these junior (laughs) i can't even imagine why the chaperones agreed to go on this trip but um all of us like junior high kids and stuff and so you know i think kids were trying to like you know make other kids think that like stuff was happening at night or whatever we would go outside but um but that's i mean that's probably about it i don't Unless there's stuff that I've just like repressed that I can't think Honestly, of. Honestly, like most scary but, moments for me, I try to repress. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's I'm like other stuff. Like that was not. That's not. That didn't just happen. The only other thing, and it's funny because Kate completely debunked why this happened for me. And I'm very grateful. Oh, I, I know. I know. You're the gonna F guess. out mm-hmm. um, before I met Kate. So I have this plant. Mm-hmm. My grandma and I got this plant at Watson's and Puyallup. It's. It's like a nursery. It's a nursery for plants, not babies. And good, good distinction. I mean, it's it's an important distinction. So I have this plant in my apartment. Again, this is before I met Kate, and I'm just sitting there on my couch, and in the cor- I'm playing my video games at that. I'm on my Xbox. Sounds right. And in the corner of my right eye, I see a leaf on this plant. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Like it just started bouncing up and down on its own. And my grandma had wanted me to name it Erasmus. She really likes to name the things that she's gotten me in my life. And just kind of that it encapsulates a spirit or, you know, like, and she knew somebody named Erasmus. So she's like, let's name it Erasmus. I'm like, cool, grandma. Like, we still call him Erasmus. Yeah. So it didn't help that my grandma had named this plant. And the person that she named it after had been passed on for like years. Like, Mm -hmm. I never met that person. And I'm like, why is this plant moving? Yeah. I called my mom. Like, I was freaking out. I was like, mom, have you ever seen your plants, like, move? And she's like, what do you mean move? And I'm like, like, my leaf full on, like, moved, like, up and down like, on its own. <laughs> There's no wind. My windows are shut. Heater is not on. There's literally nothing that would have made that leaf full on move. Like, somebody yeah. pushed it down and it's now, like, bobbing up and down. Mm-hmm. And then I call my grandma because I'm like... I think I think something's in my plant. Like something's happening with my plant. And of course she got really excited about it. Yeah. Like I mean, that's yes, your grandma would, yeah. And so, you know, I don't know, months later I meet Kate, not too long after. Yeah. And I'm telling Kate about this experience. And what did you call it? So there's so there's certain types of plants that, you know, their leaves and things adjust to like the lighting schedule and all that kind of stuff. This plant is in kind of it's a instrument that's related to like the prayer plant family that like folds up at night and stuff and so it uses like turgor pressure it's like the water kind of and stuff inside the plant some botanist out there is going to be like she does not know what she she knows plants but as well as she knows sports but um so basically it's 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 the plants 
um, kind of adjusting to that different light cycle and things like that. And so it was just, it was doing that and it does it, you know, we have, I have several plants and they, they adjust, you know, they move around some of them depending, not all plants do it, but certain types of plants do. So I was just so grateful for an explanation because <laughs> I was genuinely freaked out and I was just the like, haunted I plant. saw that. Well, speaking of haunted, I don't know if they call haunted houses, haunted houses anymore because they've become so much more than just about being like haunted, right? It's like a, it's like a terror house. A terror it's like a house. scary experience. Terrifying, like it's all not just sorts the creaks. of It's not just the creaky floors that make you like wonder what's happening. It's like somebody coming at you with a chainsaw yes, or something. Exactly. So what's been really fun mm -hmm. on social media mm. today is that the Seattle Storm and the Seattle Seahawks have posted videos of some of their players mm. experiencing these yeah. terror houses. Yeah. And so before we get to the showdown lowdown, mm -hmm. I just think that the perfect transition into that segment is tuning in and listening to some of these moments from the Seahawks defensive line players and then from Mercedes Russell and Gabby Williams with the storm. So mm -hmm. let's tune in to their spooky and scary experiences <laughs> in some of those terror houses. That's right. Have fun. You want to get a crack? I am very scared. I am very scared. So then we're going to start there. And I ain't scared of nothing. I'm a soldier. Hey, we did it, man. All right, so, yeah. Brothers, you be proud of me. Right, yes. You survived, made it through. You know what I mean? I ain't pooping myself. I had to clinch, but it ain't come out. You know what I'm saying? We made it. The showdown lowdown. The showdown lowdown. Do you think that's what ghosts really sound like? I don't think so. They probably just sound like people that are talking maybe slightly farther away. Like, hey, what are you doing? You know, something like that where mm -hmm. they just, I mean, I don't know, maybe do you lose your vocal folds? I'm not sure. Whatever. But I hope to not find out. Let's go like that. I hope to not find Let's out what not they find sound out like what for they real. Sound like. Okay, we're going to kick it off with talking about the OL rain. Oh, good. Kicking and soccer. 100%. I got you. So the OL rain season has come to an end. 
after they fell to Kansas City in the NWSL semifinal playoff game that happened on October 23rd yeah. with a final score of 2-0. to zero. Mm-hmm. Now, the OL Reign, I do want to like highlight, they had an incredible season this year. Yeah. They won the NWSL sh- Shield, they did. which is awarded to the team that has the most wins across the league. Yep. They finished with a record of 11, 7, and 4. So that's uh, 11 wins, 7 draws, and 4 losses. Mm-hmm. So although it may not have ended in the way that we all would have desired, mm-hmm. they continue to be a powerhouse in this league. They looked excellent this season. There were some injuries and things that happened to players that didn't, they weren't healthy for the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out and congratulations to OL Reign on a fantastic and spectacular season yeah um i do want to bring up too yeah it was announced this week that the yeah. ol rain did re-sign midfielder quinn oh that's so through good the 2024 yes. season awesome so we will very much look forward to seeing the rain and quinn back next season and we hope to have more record-breaking attendance at lumen field yeah you all showed up this season for our women playing sports and we need more of you to continue to show up watching our women play whether it's for the seattle storm the ol rain they are top notch top tier athletes absolutely in seattle they deserve our support they're so much fun to watch Mm -hmm. the environment is incredible the Mm -hmm. fans are amazing and so i can't say enough about going out there to support these teams uh, and on a side note, I do want to give a special shout out to the Portland Thorns, who, yes, yeah. although rivals, they are yeah. Pacific Northwest team. They are they the, like, did the rivals. They come down and win at the championship they did. over Kansas City. Yeah, keep it on the West Coast. A score of two to zero. So yeah. congratulations to the Portland Thorns and coming out with the championship in the playoffs yeah. this season for the NWSL. Awesome. Well, you might be surprised to hear um, some rugby news right now because it's not really a rugby season for um, the Seawolves, but we have a little bit of an of, of some things to talk about, so we're going to do that here. So an announcement came out of Major League Rugby this past week that two of the teams will no longer be a part of the league in the upcoming season. So the Austin Gilgronies and the Los Angeles Giltinis are both having operations suspended. So you might recall that there have been some violations against the teams that came to light towards the end of last season from the audit that was being run since there's one owner for both those teams and mm-hmm. he was looking to sell, so they had to do an audit to be able to do that. And And so the MLR states that while we understand that this news is disappointing for the um, fans, players, and stakeholders of these two teams, this decision was made after much deliberation and counsel and with the best interests of the league in mind. So the players from both these teams will be in a dispersal draft in the upcoming weeks. Not, um, Not a lot of details on that just yet, though. But the removal of these two teams would bring the league down to 11 teams. However, the league's also announced that there will be an expansion team joining to make it even 12, presumably in the Western Conference as the Giltinis and the Gilgronis were both in it. And rumors have it that, um, kind of what we've been hearing, that maybe Chicago would be an option for that, but we haven't seen anything confirmed as of yet at this point in time. So a little bit of change there in the the league lineup. Um, Seawolves are still here and still going strong and have also announced their core lineup with lots of great returning players. So 
that's been posted to their social media. If you want to see all the specifics of who it, who that is, you can find it there. Um, and we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens to see if there's any new additions once that um, dispersal draft happens. It's going to be really interesting. And that yeah. was major news that did break. It when, was, that, when that came out, yeah. that those two teams, mm -hmm. because they were coming out and they were dominant this season. They were, they were both doing, well, the Giltinis had previously won uh, they'd won the third championship. Yeah. And the Gilgronies were on the race. Were on, they were, they kind of were doing pretty well too. So, um, so it's a pretty big deal. It's, it's sad that it had to happen that way, but at the same time with no offers to buy, I think it sounded like on the forefront anytime soon, they didn't want things to affect the season and the schedule and all that kind of stuff. And so having the teams out of the league for this season, um, but the, you know, the league did say that they do value the, um, the communities of Los Angeles and of Austin and, and wanting to have rugby there. And so there's still, you know, potential for, for the future down the, down the road, hopefully for those, for those markets. So, and the reason yeah. I say that is because this just got launched like back in 2018 mm -hmm. in, in terms of like major league rugby in the U S yeah. And I have grown to love it. We've grown yeah, to love the sport so great. in the last year and showing up mm -hmm. to the Seawolves rugby games. And I really want nothing more than for the the MLR to just to like, do so well. To do so well and mm -hmm. to continue to grow and mm -hmm. expand. If you love football, if you love just seeing like a fast-paced game that's yeah. constantly changing. Yeah this is a game to fall in love with and you don't need to have any prior experience to learn this game. Like, Oh no, we're continuing to learn, but you kind of catch on pretty quick and you, the basics of learning and understanding rugby one Oh one, there are so many great videos out there just yeah. to learn the basics. Mm -hmm. It's totally worth showing up to. So we look forward to this next season. Definitely start exploring the sea wolves, um, you know, social media pages, yeah. start to fall in love with the sport. And go follow Rocky the Seawolf. I was like, can we talk about Rocky the Seawolf? Because, like, hello. My, like, my fave. My fave. I And it's the most personal experience that you can get in terms of professional sports and fan base connection. Interaction with players. And interaction. And if you want to be connected and close feel to the really field. close, like, to the experience and mm -hmm. to be able to get autographs and meet and shake hands and take photos with the players, yeah. it is one of the most personal and, like experiences you could ever have yeah on a professional level with professional athletes it's amazing base. it's amazing yeah so moving on to the seattle seahawks mm -hmm. the seahawks came out with a win over the new york giants with a score of 27 to 13 this weekend on sunday that's right and this one is their third consecutive win which allows <laughs> so cool. for the Seahawks to maintain first place in the NFC West division with a record of five and three. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought we would be here, but we'll get to that in the Hawkeye analysis. Yeah. Do you want to just make note that the Seahawks will face their division rival, the Arizona Cardinals again for the second time this season on Sunday, November 6th mm -hmm. at one Oh five PM. And that game will take place in Arizona. All right. Well, less chance of rain that way, I suppose. Um, and wrapping up the showdown lowdown with the Kraken. It is always so amazing to remember how many games are played in the hockey season. So the Kraken have played six games since our last recording. I feel like it hadn't really been that long, but oh my apparently <laughs> there's a bunch of them. Wow. They won three of them for a new record of four, four and two. And remember that's wins, 
um, losses and then losses in overtime. They keep that one separate. And also, Matty Beniers has now scored his 17th point in his 20th career game, which is the most in 21st games with the Kraken by any player. They are just a two-year-old team, so yeah, but, that's but it's still, still fun to have. Impressive. It's still fun to have new records. Um, and also, I want to mention that last week I misreported about the Kraken's power kill percentage, making it sound like they had been doing well with it, when really it's been more of a struggle. Um, higher percentage is better in that area. And last week they, you know, were in the bottom five with just under sixty percent. And this week they have improved that to a more like sixty-seven percent. So that is actually kind of a positive. I mean, they're still in the bottom five, but at least their percentage is better. So that's helpful. They are seventh though, which is good in power play percentage and actually third in power play goals. So that's actually like a pretty good positive for them. And in other Kraken news, what are the chances that two Kraken players would each welcome the birth of their children on the same day? Well, it's exactly what happened this past Friday with Jordan Everly and Martin Jones and their families. They, Martin Jones and Jordan Everly each had their own babies with like a, a, one baby each with their family. <laughs> Writing this up, it was like tricky because I was like, how do I make this sound like they didn't have babies <laughs> like together? together and that they each have their own baby? Anyway. I was following just fine. <laughs> um, so, you know, even though um, they're not uh, paralarva, which is uh, baby squids, these new babies brought some luck as both these dads played key roles in the Kraken win on Saturday night with Eberly scoring one of the two goals and Jones having some quality goaltending come up. And, you know, I can't uh, apparently talk about sports without talking about mascots. So if you haven't you seen it, there was actually a pretty cool meeting between Bowie and Fuego of the Kraken's AH AHL affiliate team, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, when the Firebirds played four of their games up in the Seattle area. So the Firebirds um, arena was being, or, you know, facility was still being finished. So they had to play four of their games up here. And so um, Bowie and, and uh, Fuego got to hang out. And I got to say, if you haven't seen the two, um, the two uniforms or the kits or the sweaters or whatever, whatever hockey. Yeah outfits are called um the colors for those two teams are so complimentary so the kraken is like the navy blue and then the kind of mint like teal color with the red it's like and it's like seeing ice and fire yeah it is it is exactly yeah and so then the the firebirds it's kind of that red and orange with the the hint of like that mint like the, that light teal like the kraken have and so i just love how well they go together but if you haven't seen the photos of these two amazing mascots together i would definitely look it up on social media or on the internet in general and find it because it's pretty fun, especially, you know, if you really like mascots. So the Kraken's next three games are all on the road with their first coming up on Tuesday, November 1st at the Calgary, Calgary Flames. Then they'll be at the Minnesota Wild on the third and then Pittsburgh Penguins on the fifth. Well, thank you for sharing what is going on with the Kraken. Yeah. We will be taking you on over to the Hawkeye analysis segment coming up next this is the hawkeye analysis Kaka. oh wow that that really reminded me of the seattle storms bird sue bird moments oh yeah the between two birds the between two birds sorry yeah i was just Kaka. i was like Kaka. you don't really have anything for the hawkeye analysis so i yeah it's I tried really hard out. to do like a that sound that a hawk makes <laughs> yeah it's bad sorry listeners 
All right. So <laughs> this week was a fantastic week for the Seahawks, specifically yeah. that fourth quarter just on both sides of the ball was so fun to watch. Yeah. Now, Geno Smith, after week eight, he is first in the NFL for completion rate at 72.7%. Whoop, whoop. He has 1,924 <laughs> yards passing, 13 That's touchdowns, amazing. three interceptions, and has a 107.2 rating as a quarterback. And That's amazing. And three he's, interceptions he's there. across eight games is he's like literally really good, there. right? With Patrick Mahomes Ooh. and Josh Allen in terms of like top tier quarterbacks yeah. right now. Well, and guess who has them? We do. We do. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Geno Smith. It was really fun seeing him in the postgame presser uh-huh. with him and DK and Tyler Lockett. All three together doing it all yeah. at the same time. They're like, we got places to be. And Michael Duger was like, where are you going? Like Halloween party. And that is 100% apparently they had a Halloween party plans game. But they were all three up there. It was really cool to see. It's fun. Um, Just kind of that like brotherhood that they have. And you know, the thing I love about Gino is that like when you give that guy his flowers, he takes that bouquet apart and he spreads it out to like everybody else. He's like passing out flowers to everyone else when you've just handed them to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He definitely gives like he, he appreciates, he appreciate appreciates his team. Mm-hmm. And I think he recognizes, you know, when you're somebody that has been on the bench for as long as he's been on the bench and playing as a backup. Yeah. You just want to be somebody that's seen. Like you yeah. still feel like you have everything it takes to be able to be a starting quarterback in this yeah. league. And you're being patient and you're being humble mm-hmm. and you're playing behind some uh, some great quarterbacks in his yeah. time that he's sat sat behind and how he's learned in the film he's watched. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, I feel like if that's your situation, that you just want to be seen. And I think that Gino has an appreciation yeah. for the people that surrounds him in that in that locker room mm-hmm. and how they also put their faith and their trust in him as their leader to yeah. be able to take up such an important role. Yeah. As a starting quarterback after this team had been a playoff team for the last 10 years. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot, there's a, there were big shoes to fill across yeah. the media. It was said this offense would not be yep. potent. And now mm-hmm. the narrative has changed for the Seahawks. Oh, so much. People are putting respect on the Seahawks name now that it's eight weeks in. Yeah. And what they've been doing and what they've been showing. Yep. It's, it's pretty great. It's great to see. And I'm, I'm excited for, I'm excited for this team. It just, they, they seem like, they seem like they've got joy, you know, they seem like they're having fun with it. They seem like, um, it's not going to their head. I love, I love that. Um, was it Shelby Harris was talking about how this is like the best record of his career and that he's not going to like, let this go to waste. Like, so there's those guys on the team who are like, this is really important to them. I mean, I'm sure it's important to everybody, but you know, there's still, enjoying it even though they're doing all that work and and going the distance well and another thing that i've appreciated gino has really spread the love like on mm-hmm. the field so in the last in the past years what you would notice is like dk would have a massive game or tyler Lockett yes. would have a massive game like multiple touchdowns it was like yeah. just like this guy went off or it's the other one yeah dk and tyler both had a touchdown in this game yep. it's been true for a couple of other games where different guys are getting these touchdowns and the great part of that 
It throws off your opponent. Kenneth for sure. Walker's been dominant. He had another yeah. touchdown. So when you get the run game going, you got to account for Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. You got to account for Tyler Lockett. Oh, no, mm-hmm. but you also have to account for DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. Also, we got that really fast guy who can like leap up and grab a catch in the end zone called, uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the tight ends that he's able to. Yeah. Hey, there's Will Disley. Hey, Colby Parkinson. It's, Noah Fant. It's so much less predictable for the other team i would imagine because i feel like before when it was like i was always going to go to dk or i was always going to go to like tyler it's like they would know you know but now who knows what's going to happen well and i think it's it, it's, it attributes to the fact that like again he's kind of spreading the love mm-hmm. but he he knows and he trusts and he has talent across that team that offense is really good and they you are. have rookie tackles on each end yeah your bookends are rookie tackles mm-hmm. your running backs are rookie mm-hmm. and he's not having to panic when he's trying to throw you know, no. he's got time. He's, calm, he's got, he's cool. He's, he's got all that going that yep. for the last, I don't know how many weeks at this point you're watching Gino and mm-hmm. he's in control of those situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful to watch Kenneth Walker on that touchdown run. Um, I thought there was no, I did not think he was going to get into the end zone. I thought he was going to get tackled from behind. He sure. had a defender on his heels. Yeah. That kid is magic. Mm-hmm. He's a dog. Well, they, he's he's going by K nine now, so yeah, he is he's going to continue to be something extremely special for this team. Yeah, and he is going to be the difference maker of whether or not we make it into the playoffs. I'm here for it. We 100 percent need him to continue to do what he's doing on the ground. Yep, to help us and elevate us, and to make sure that we secure a playoff spot this season. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? That we're going to go to the playoffs this season. What did I say at the beginning of the season? I said, I'm not going to get heavily invested this season. I'm not going to put myself emotion. I'm not going to get attached emotionally to this team. I'm going to relax. It's going to be easy. It's like what you say when you go to the animal shelter and you're just like, oh, I'm just looking, you know, you're going to walk away with a puppy. You know, it's happening. Like exactly. (laughs) And I should have known this team is doing something where I'm no longer thinking about that. Like was that week one win over the Broncos excellent. And was that, I was saying, I don't care how the rest of the season goes. I exactly. just want to win week one. And we yep. did. And I was, I was hanging on to that mm-hmm. and gosh, dang it. Like eight weeks in, I'm sitting here thinking like, Oh God, you know, week one was so long ago. That whole game against the Broncos. That was so long ago. Yeah. Now that's like review, you know, it's ancient history. Practically. Ancient, yeah. Yeah. Like now I want to continue to win games. I want to win this division this year. Oh my gosh. And it's be possible. So yeah, it is. It's a hundred percent possible. Yeah. So it definitely is. That's been great. Can we talk about the defense for a second? I would love to talk about the defense for as long as you want, not even just a second. This defense has turned things around in the last three weeks like no other team I've seen. It's amazing. Hear this out. like Okay. I'm ready. So over the last three games, Mm -hmm. the Seahawks rank second in the league for expected points allowed per play, according to Brian Niemhauser. Okay. And... Expected points accounts for factors such as down distance to go field position, home field advantage and time remaining. So there's these other, these factors that would basically determine, you know, what that would be. Yeah. Expected points would be. Yeah. And prior to the prior five games. Yeah. The Seahawks defense were ranked 31st in the league. So the last three games they're ranked second. Wow. That's a huge, I mean, that's like one from the top versus one from the bottom. 
this that's an unheard of turnaround in my opinion. Gigantic. Yeah. Gigantic. Major, major factors. Ryan Neal. Oh my gosh. I've been saying for so long, I've been saying how much Ryan Neal would be an impact player and how, and I didn't even know anything about football, you know, but I'm like that guy, his, his rookie season. I'm like that guy right there needs to be on the field more. I will say I called it and I did. And I'm right. He's a, he's, he has held it down when he came in. He's had some, so many good plays. I asked the question about, it was probably four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Where's Ryan Neal? Why are they not playing Ryan Neal? Yep. Josh I, Jones was in there. Well, and, and especially after, after say that he after was Jamal doing, went out, you know, I'm like, after Jamal Adams went out, it was like, I was like, where's Ryan Neal? For like, as good as Ryan Neal held it down last season when Jamal Adams was out, I was very confused as to why he wasn't yep. getting a higher snap count Yep. after Jamal Adams went out this season. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was Josh Jones, and, you know, the response was, you know, I kind of put the question out there to some local media guys that cover the Seahawks, and the mm-hmm. response was they just think Josh Jones is better at this point in time. And I was sitting here thinking, how is that possible? Like, Ryan wrong, Neal, obviously. His energy he brings to the game, he's mm-hmm. always around the ball and mm-hmm. he hits hard. He's not the biggest guy out there, but dude has a presence about him. He's, he is yeah. everywhere where that ball is. Yep. He's instinctive. He knows where it's gonna go and he mm-hmm. he has a direct line to where he's going. <laughs> he knows the angle he's supposed to take. Yep. And doing great. So Ryan Neal's been an impact player. Um uh Uchenna Nuosu has been Lights out off of the edge. Yeah. He, I think in the league, he has one of the highest uh, QB pressure rates across the entire league. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic pickup this last off season. Yep. They did a great, they did a great job stacking this team with who they needed. Well, and the other, the other component that I was thinking about is the fact that, and I, I'm going back to Doug Baldwin and what Baldwin said. Yep. Okay, how long do we give these rookies to kind of figure out this, their situation mm-hmm. and to kind of develop into understanding the pace of yeah. the game at the NFL level? Week seven. And he said week seven. Yeah. Now, this started to happen a little bit earlier than week seven. Mm-hmm. It was starting to happen about week, week five, six, week, week six. Five, week six, yeah. So what has happened since the beginning? We saw that Tariq Woolen, the first game or two, and Kobe Bryant, they had mm-hmm. a couple penalties, some yep. of those pass interference plays. They then they started to figure it out. Yep, and they have been lights out. Tariq Woolen, that is guy, now in the la- in the game against the Giants, mm-hmm. was not being thrown towards. He was getting the Richard Sherman treatment. Yeah, they would not throw towards him. Yeah, and the one or two times that he was one of the plays, he almost picked off. And shout out to Slayton, Darius Slayton. Yeah, he had an excellent catch, but it could have been either or, and he yeah. just happened to be the one that like really just yanked it out of Tariq Woolen's arms. But Tariq Woolen was about there to pick it off. Yeah, he was right there with him. Yeah, another one. He had a pass breakup. He's been lights out. Kobe Bryant lights out mm-hmm. around the ball. Great mm-hmm. tackling. Mm-hmm. Just excellent from our rookies. Michael Jackson. I was going to say Michael Jackson had, of some, a game. had some great plays on Sunday. Had a thriller of a game. Mm-hmm. I get where you're going with that. And you know what's interesting? Tell me all about it, Michaela. Pete Carroll today in his presser said something about Trey Brown. Now he got he's back on he got off of injured list, right? Like he's back practicing and stuff. Yeah. What did what do you remember about me talking about Trey Brown last season? I feel like you really liked Trey Brown. I loved Trey Brown. Yeah. 
He was playing on the left side at corner. Mm-hmm. He was very instinctive. He knew he could see the plays breaking down before mm-hmm. him. Like it was slow motion. He's able to, the open field tackling was excellent. His vision was wonderful. His, the instincts in this kid. I'm really curious to see because Pete goes, oh, he could potentially play in Arizona. Oh, yeah. But that's really intriguing because Michael Jackson was lights out also this week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying it's a problem because it's not when you have potentially this much talent and depth on your roster mm-hmm. for a position that, hey, you need to swap a guy out just to give him a breather and to let him rest. And it's a long, make, yeah. get some fresh, get some fresh legs, legs out there. Mm-hmm. We could see Trey Brown. And again, I love this kid. They're not going to pull Tariq Woolen. Mm -mm. Tariq Woolen has shown that there's literally no reason to pull him off the field at this point. No. But I think having depth at that position is probably pretty helpful. Which is why I think that they're putting Sidney Jones on the trade block potentially. Now, the trade deadline is Tuesday. Okay. Which is tomorrow, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is Monday night. This is Halloween. This is October 31st. The trade deadline is tomorrow. Okay. November 1st. I don't know exactly what time. It's probably like 1 p.m. or something like that. Eastern time or something. Yeah. So we haven't made a move to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious if they will. I don't know that they will. Yeah. But if they did, they have a lot of draft picks to kind of play with. Lots of people don't want them to necessarily spend those. They're True. To have back-to-back drafts like they did from this season to potentially next season to be have it be as much of a hit as it's been so far. I mm-hmm. don't know that that could happen back to back seasons, but if it did, the Seahawks will legit be back in the in the Super Bowl next season or the year after that. Yeah. I'm I I'm into it. I um, say yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so the defense Yeah. Sh- freaking five sacks. Shelby Harris had that huge third down stop where he freaking mm-hmm. chased down Daniel Jones. <laughs> Ain't nobody thought that Shelby Harris had that much speed. I mean, I think I think that he is I think that he is uh living and loving that um I'll show you mentality of you know being traded away, you know, not his decision, being traded away and then being told by you know, everybody when he got here like, "Oh, the Seahawks are going to be so terrible this year," like blah 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 blah, and now they're like rocking it out. I think that he's got this whole like yes, like like in your face, you know. But like in one hundred percent, you know, and it's like one hundred percent because because he is like he is making plays and he is doing a great job. He was out like I think that one game because he was like kind of a little bit of an injury or whatever. But um, but he's been a great asset to the team. It's like he was I don't an, know that trade that trade, that trade that trade deal with Denver. I'm like even without the. Even without all the picks, I mean, the picks really help. Don't get me wrong. But like just the two players we got, the three players we got, we got three players, right? The three players we got all, all are all great assets to the team. Yeah. You know, so I mean, speaking of team, special teams in that special game. teams had two turnovers that we recovered. <laughs> yeah. Two fumble that yeah. he forced two fumbles and Will Disley was in on both of them. One of them he forced. Mm-hmm. Another one he covered up and recovered. Mm-hmm. And welcome back, Travis Homer. I know. Welcome back, Travis, Travis Homer. Homer had a couple plays in this game that he would happen to be a part of and in. Mm-hmm. And when he was in, he was an impact player. He forced yep. a fumble in, in the second um, 
special mm-hmm. team situation, mm-hmm. which led to points. Same yep. thing with the first, you yep. know, punt situation, special teams. It led to points. Yep. Special teams matters. It Your really punter does. matters. And I'm going to bring up the punters because the Seahawks punters matter because if you can pin back a team, you can force a turnover, you're closer to your end zone. That's how the Giants got a huge chunk of their points, which again, they didn't have many, but <laughs> part of their seven points that they got happened to be when unfortunately Tyler yeah. Lockett, we were in our own end zone. We're like two yards off and Tyler Lockett gets a forced fumble on him. And then yeah. they're starting on their own two yard line and then yeah. they punch it in really easy. So if you have a puncher that can pin you back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things matter. Special teams matters. Yeah. And just a huge shout out to that. I'm going to say to Will Disley. Yeah. Way to be in on all what those up, things. Uncle Dis? For real. For real. Yeah. I I, I agree. So great, great stuff going on over We're there. looking forward to their second game against Arizona. I really hope we come out with another division win. Yes. Arizona's always been, let's talk about spooky episode. <laughs> There's always been some season ending injury that happens for the Seahawks in Arizona. And I'm knocking on real wood right now. Mm-hmm. I'll do it too. That people can come out healthy. Yeah. That there aren't any season ending injuries. I feel like the injuries that we've seen in the players that have gone down this season in our games, even especially that chargers game. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, um, they really need to do something about this turf. Mm hmm. They need to get real grass out there. They have the money. They should be taking care of their fields and their players and making sure that they're on the best possible surface to make sure that these yeah. kinds of injuries don't happen. This is not only an investment in your players and in their well-being. It's yeah. liter- well, it's a literally an investment in <laughs> to your own mm-hmm. franchise. It makes me wonder if the NFLPA is going to like come up with anything about that or have any kind of like you know, attempted language around that or something, but I hope so. So let's stay tuned and kind of keep our ear out for that and see how that goes. But Mm -hmm. you have uh, listened to the full Hawkeye analysis. I very much encourage you to stay tuned for the mailbag segment because there's There's some fun fun ones today for our spooky, spooktacular episode. Got mail. Wow, that's pretty good for not practicing. I don't even know. That All was right, it was like decent. a weird nah. robot that was dying situation. <laughs> the so batteries spooky. are running out. Yeah. Like you got got me. I will say that that Rudolph that we have that has the dying batteries oh, and the God, way it's it the tries creepiest. To sing. The Rudolph from, you know, the claymation Rudolph's Michaela has like a plush version that stands up and it's got a battery pack in you. You know, squeeze it. Not like it says things, but it's from like 1991 or three or something, and which isn't that long ago. But for toys that run on batteries, the batteries are probably from then, and it's just really creepy. So that one does not get turned on at the holidays. Um, But you know, here we are in the mailbag segment, and we have some great questions today. I'm super excited about these, especially for our spooky episode. How tired are people going to be of us trying to make creepy noises by the end of this? But (laughs) hey, who closed that door? Um, Anyway, that was just Michaela. Don't worry. We're safe. 
So our first question <laughs> comes from Rick Judd and Rick asks us, what slasher movie slash spooky villain like Freddy, Jason, Michael, etc., would each Seattle sports team be? Okay, so this was a really challenging question. This was we had to do we a lot spent of research, a long we time to trying to figure Rick. this out. So, if any of you out there are like totally in disagreement about that, then I mean, we had to go outside of slasher films. So we just need you to know for some of these answers, they're not slasher murder movie situations. We but did we our like, best. Okay. We did. Neither, neither of us watched tons of like horror, horror movies. Or, like I've watched some in the past, but nothing like current or new. So we tried. All Let's right. do the Seahawks first, Michaela. So this one actually feels decently fitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for the Seahawks, Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. from Friday the 13th series. Yep. Because he was a summer camp cook turned killer. Yeah. So let Gino cook our opponents on the field. Summer camp. He won the job. He's a summer cook. Yep. Turned killer. Yep. This guy has been killer on the field. So he's just, it just yep. made sense. It might not represent the entire team, but you know what? The whole I team think is so, cooking. Though. I so think the whole team is cooking. Jason Voorhees goes to the Seattle Seahawks representing that squad. What up? Nice. I like it. I like it. So the OL Reign, we felt like would be Scarlet Witch. So that one, you know, because she was really into just protecting her family, wanting to provide and take care of them. And she would like stop at nothing for it. And she would fight for what she felt is right. Right. And I feel like the NWSL as a whole fighting for the equal pay, wanting Mm -hmm. to take care of themselves, their family, them, each other. Yep. And I felt like the Scarlet Witch, after you brought it up, I said, that makes sense. Right. So again, we're going outside of. But a, a villain, film, but a villain in some people's eyes, some people kind of might feel a little bit less like, I mean, yes, it depends. Right. I mean, depending on, cause there are moments in the Scarlet yeah. Witch's life. Yeah. Talk, or, to the, talk to some of the people of Sokovia, but anyway, um, yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking like, right. <laughs> exactly, it's like, just right. depends on, it depends. It's your perspective, but could be, could be for sure. Um, the Seattle storm. So this one was kind of tricky, but I'm going to go with, the birds from the movie, the birds, like literally the um, aviary cast members of that movie, because I feel like one Sue bird. So you kind of have that. And two, they are just like relentless. And in that movie, the birds, those birds just are constantly attacking and constantly like on it. And I just felt like the storm had one of those seasons where like, they are just going for it. They're on it. They're attacking. They are uh, putting pressure on things, not breaking any phone booths, thankfully. But, you know, um, it was, I, that's what I'm going to go with. Well, and if you, if they're relentless, I mean, think about the storm having won so many championship mm-hmm. titles. That's relentless. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. It was a good one. Yeah. Now for the Seattle Seawolves, mm-hmm. that was a harder one for me. That was tricky. But you know, I I got this image in my head, and if you've watched the movie Moana, mm-hmm. Taka, her heart was stolen, and yeah, she became Tafiti's heart was stolen. Tafiti's heart was stolen, and then she, she became, became Taka. Yep. Now, Taka is this big in this in the water. There's a reef. There's a barrier. Yeah. There's a wall, and I'm thinking seawall. Yep. And Taka is like basically protecting and trying to keep out 
all of whoever's trying to come in to yeah. her island. Yeah, pretty much. She yeah. is the island. So Which that's like kind of coming into like who, where area. she used to be, right? Because her former self, it's kind of like right. not there so anymore. There's a seawall, literally mm -hmm. a seawall. Mm hmm and she's this wrath and so i think the sea wolves of being like okay we have the sea wall we're protecting mm -hmm. we're you know dominant the funny thing is is that eventually her heart was restored and i think yeah. about the sea wolves the end of the game their heart is restored they win it and when tafiti mm -hmm. when her heart is restored becomes yeah. this lovely lush like providing yeah very giving, giving caring, caring yeah. character and Again, as we mentioned earlier on in this in this episode, mm -hmm. the sea wolves at the end of games, they're one of the most personal, like easily so to connect with yeah. entities of sport, like uh, athletes. Yeah. So that is who I chose for the sea wolves. I think Taka, that makes sense. Fire and wrath, mm -hmm. sea wall mm -hmm. represent. Totally. Totally. Well, and and then the sounders. This one was tricky too, because it was hard to get the right, it was hard to get the right feel. So we ended up going with, um, Monstro from Pinocchio because the Sounders, especially in like, I'd say like the first half of the season, right. It would just eat everything in their way. They were just like having great success. They won the CONCACAF champions league. Like they did all the stuff. They were just going for it. Right. And, um, and you know, thankfully, like you don't necessarily have to like start a fire inside of him or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, so we think, so it kind of works and it's a whale and though, you know, orcas aren't technically whales or like in the dolphin family, it's like watery. So we monstro. want to monstro. The Kraken was the, one of the easier of these. Yeah. And everybody, nobody's going to be impressed by this answer. It's not unique or original, but Davy know. Jones, it's obvious. That's the correct answer. Yeah. There is a right answer here. It's Davy Jones, pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, Which Caribbean. I'm, I'm not sure. It's like caramel and caramel. Probably. A tomato, not tomato. That. There we go. And <laughs> here's, we're going to end with another slasher. It's this Is one. Is it slasher? I mean, it's, um, it's like a, uh, it's like a horror thriller. Okay. I mean, I don't know if he, I wouldn't say he was the, sla I mean, I guess technically, but he wasn't the one doing like the slashing. Okay. So Jigsaw from the Saw series. Yeah. Like, so in the Saw movies, right? The people like the potential victims are put in these like interesting situations for lots of different reasons. I don't need to go into all the things. If you've seen it, you know, and if you haven't seen it, there's probably a reason why you haven't seen it. And that's fine too. And, but with the Mariners, they kept getting into interesting kind of situations that they had to get out of, right? Like things would go wrong or people would expect like this thing not to work or not to last or whatever. And then Chaos they ball. just, exactly. They, they just figured kept, it out. They just they kept somehow figuring stayed alive. It they kept escaping it. They kept, you know, whatever. So, um, so, but then they kind of created some situations like that for some of the other teams they played, which is why the jigsaw kind of worked for them because they sort of made interesting situations for other folks to have to get out of too. So, Great question, Rick. Rick. Jed, I hope you are satisfied. And if not, I would love to hear your take on this because that would be pretty interesting too. Mm -hmm. Let us know. All right. Our next mailbag question is from um, the account. The Twitter handle is Bothell, Bothell Kenmore, or the name is Bothell Kenmore. And it says, when I was a kid, around seven, there was a dark public path that was a shortcut home that I would sprint up. But sometimes I took the long way around because I was scared. It later became a lightened stairway, so it was better. 
Do you have like a trail or a street that you ran fast through or avoided? Literally any dark space. <laughs> Anything that's dark. Michaela doesn't like it. I don't like the dark. I get creeped out. I hear things. I'm very aware of my surroundings. You can ask yeah, Kate. Like she when we're is. walking, if it's dark out, like I make Kate watch me walk out to my car in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I am terrified. And let's be honest too, like growing up, I my bedroom was downstairs. There's two flights of stairs that I had to walk up to be able to get to the bathroom that was in the top floor. It would be dark. I would sprint. Oh, yeah. Up those stairs. I would there's, sprint in my own house because I got in my head. No, 100%. Our, my parents, um, it's not my house, it's their house, but that basement, I would like, you, you would turn off the lights and there'd be the light for the hallway, like the stairway to go up. And then there was like a light switch forward at the bottom and at the top. And it was like, you would turn off all the basement lights and then I would run as fast as I could up the stairs and then like turn off the light and close the door as fast as I could. Like... I know there was nothing down there and I still, there have still been times in my adult years that I've gone over there. Like when I've had to go in the basement or get whatever. And it's not even a scary basement. It's like a fully finished basement. Like the guest bedroom is down there and all that stuff. Like, still and there's creepy. still not something like that. It, their about house is it. creepy, but no, but there's still something about like a big a, open a space in the dark basement. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not my, not my favorite. Luckily we don't have that problem here. So that's helpful. Thank you. Bothell Kenmore. Now, Michaela's mom has asked us a <laughs> question. Michaela's mom. Never mind. I mean, I'm not good. That's anyways, a whole different thing. But Michaela's mom has written and asked a question and she says, what were your thoughts about Pete Carroll's penalty? I thought it was wonderful because it shows that no matter how old and long you've been in the game or a veteran or a coach or a player, mm-hmm. that you are not perfect. And there are going to be moments in a game where the excitement, it just takes gets you, you over. in trouble. And so it's humbling for a coach who has to, unfortunately, if their teams are having lots of penalties and yeah. get on his players about it, it's, it can be a reminder and humbling for a coach that even, even they, even they can get, penalties. can get penalties. Now, I don't know where his guy was that was supposed to hold him back, but Pete Carroll was not going to be held back in that situation. Oh my gosh. No, luckily we had gotten the first down and that was still intact, but it was pushed us back 15 yards. It's the end of the game. You got to really kind <laughs> of, you got to be on your game, Pete. Rookie move. I, rookie I, move. I did love it. I loved his face, though, because it was like, as soon as it happened, he was like, ah, d-, you know, like it was like the, ah, dang it. He like, was laughing at he himself. Knew, he knew he messed it up and he wasn't going to get all mad about and it. Then, he was just like, no, nah, you're right. You know, and then the ref and says, then the ref, the, um, yeah, the ref penalty it, on the Seattle, the Seattle Mariners. Mariners. That's pretty good. That shocked me. It's like, like, yeah, the coaching. And you could tell, though, when he was saying it, like when you watch the replays and stuff, you could see that in his brain, he was trying to like remember what it was, you know, like, so it was like the coaching staff for the, the Seattle, Seattle Mariners. Mariners. So it's like a pause there, you know, and so, um, and, and Seahawks social media, like had a great time with that and everything. Too, as so. the Mariners. As the Mariners. Yeah. It's so funny. So funny. So yeah, good times there. We also got a question from, um, Ryan Gimmett. Apologies if I'm not saying that correctly. And they ask, what should the Mariners do during the offseason? Rest. Rest? <laughs> like, hang no, out? No, honestly, like, a little bit? Let's, let's secure... I want two more big bats. I feel like our bullpen is in a good position. Mm-hmm. I really want... And I know this is probably a large and ridiculous ask that won't happen, but maybe it will. Okay. I would love to see Aaron Judge 
on our oh. team, free agent, Aaron Judge. Oh, huge bat. Get him in the outfield. I know that I don't know what's going to happen with Mitch Haniger. Some people think that this could have been his last season with mm. the, the Mariners. Let's get interesting. Aaron Judge. We need an infielder, second, mm-hmm. short. You know, I know we got JP, we got Adam Frazier, but we need another big, like, consistent bat out yeah. there and a great defensive yeah. player. Yeah. There's some names out there. So we got to okay. make a move offensively. Okay. I feel like defensively we were on point this season. Mm-hmm. Let's go get the bats to go take the world series next season. I'm all about it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, Ryan, for your question. Our final question from our mailbag today comes from coach Elston who asks, when are you having Lynch? I'm assuming Marshawn on the show. Elston, we would like to know too. So Elston, if-, if you know anything, I mean, let us know, right? Like, do we have, can, who is, has a connection who with Marshawn Lynch who out there in our listeners that can connect us with Marshawn Lynch? If you can do that, one, I would probably die. So if you, we would have Kate's ghost on the show, so I would, I would haunt the show because I would probably be dead. But, um, but no, that would be great. I, I would think love Kate that. and I have both said that like the top two people that we would love on the show, Sue Bird, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, 100%. Would be our top two. At the same time or separately, like whatever they want to do. I'm happy to accommodate their schedules. I could take a day off of work or something, but like, (laughs) like I just, I would, I would take, I would would take if I would take multiple days off work. If I make that happen. I mean, we could, we could figure some things out. Yeah. So if anybody out there has some sort of connection where they're like, actually Sue Bird or, and, and, or, and, or Marshawn Lynch, um, make some dreams come true for us. We would love that. Love it. Yeah. So this uh, takes us to the end of does. our spooktacular Halloween episode. <laughs> we don't know if it was spooky enough for you all, but we have enjoyed recording this episode. Yeah. And, you know, we want to just say thank you for tuning in and listening. Kate, where can thank they you. follow us on social media? Well, actually, we're over on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at PNW Showdown on all those platforms. We appreciate your follows and your likes and your comments and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun to to see all of that. And for those of you that are um, subscribed to the podcast, thank you so much. We also have, oh yeah, that's right. We also have YouTube um, where some things go up sometimes over there. So feel free to subscribe over there or follow that. Um, we just, we really appreciate the support. It's been one of those things that I know we talk about it, but it's one of those things that, um, I think we're still sort of surprised sometimes that anybody listens to this thing. So, um, at least, at least I am, I know, I know Michaela's amazing. So like, that's not a doubt that I have. Um, she could go off and do some awesome sports stuff, but it's nice that you all, um, stick with us. So thanks you. Thanks. Thanks you very much <laughs> thanks you thanks you very much all right on all that, that. no i uh, just remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time
Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment. Welcome to the Marvel moment. It's your show after the show. <laughs> All right, we got some spooky, some spooky, some spooky jokes, spooky dooky jokes. Maybe not spooky dooky jokes. <laughs> Sound never mind. Just spooky jokes. Okay, it's a family <laughs> show. Spooky dooky. <laughs> uh, I okay. teach fourth grade. Okay. Are you going first? Am I going first? I'll go first. Okay. Where do... Oh, wait. I already messed it up. Where does Mm -hmm. a ghost go on vacation? Um, I don't know. The laundromat? Malibu. Oh, Malibu. Malibu. Nice. Um, What does a panda ghost eat? A panda ghost bamboo yeah <laughs> all right why did the ghost go into the bar um it reminds me of that little girl that video that i saw where it was like for the booze that's 100 percent why the ghost went into the bar oh well that makes sense <laughs> for the booze oh for my god booze. we know the answers to these well okay how about this what did dracula say when the witch and the warlock started kissing. I don't know. Get a broom. Get a broom. Uh, okay, let's see. <laughs> Where do ghosts buy their food? Um, well, do ghosts eat, though? Just go with it. Okay, they go um, 7-Eleven. It's open all the time. At the ghostery store. Ah, the ghostery store. Nice. Um, what does what does a ghost mom say when she gets in the car? What? Fasten your sheet belts. God. <laughs> okay. How do you know when a ghost is sad? It's probably crying and going, boo-hoo. He starts boo-hooing. <laughs> um, why don't mummies take time off? Because they're under wraps. Oh, that's good. I was going to say they're afraid to unwind. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, let's do one more. Okay, one you more. Go. Why did Dracula take cold medicine? I don't know. Because he was coughing too much, babe. Oh, he was coughing too much. He was coughing too much. Like C-O-F-F-I-N. It's like a homophone joke. It's a joke. When you break it down like that, it's not as funny. It's really You're funny. Like, Let me I identify love, this I kind of grammar joke. jokes. They're great. What's up, Aster? Oh, good times. Well, I'll leave you with this. Why couldn't the mummy go to school with the witch? Because she was a what? Why? Um, oh, because um, he couldn't spell. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into our Thanks spectacular for sticking episode. with us. Ooh, sticking. Sticking? No. Like a stick? Like a stick? Like a. It's a sticky stick. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, it's good, too far though. gone at this point. Maybe I'm in candy overload. I'm not sure. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.